0: President and venal houseplant Joe Biden this week announced he was running for re-election, a declaration that sent a shiver of excitement through the small section on the lower right side of his face that hasn't yet decayed into complete immobility. As all across this nation, thousands stood and cheered for the new baseball pitch clock, which has really been a big improvement to the game, though the extra inning rules are kind of stupid and what's with those big bases like everyone's in kindergarten or something, Biden made his announcement in a White House storage closet he had wandered into while looking for the restroom where he goes to feel safe. Addressing a stain on the wall that looks sort of like a sea of faces if all the faces were the color of mold, Biden said he wanted to get reelected because he believes the battle for the soul of America is not yet complete. He was immediately endorsed by Satan, who believes the same thing. In a campaign video released so that the president wouldn't have to speak long enough to lose his train of thought, images were shown of a flag being raised and the sun rising over peaceful small towns and alabaster cities and amber fields of grain so that several citizens immediately ran out and voted for Bud Light, because it's hard to tell one pandering pseudo-patriotic video from another, and if you're going to vote for someone who believes in cutting children's penises off, at least you ought to get some crappy beer. The announcer on the video says, quote, As the sun rises, we raise the flag because freedom and democracy and rainbows and cute little panda bears and other hollow words we hope will make you like us. But in today's America, rainbows are under attack by an extreme panda-hating movement that seeks to ban books with pictures of naked men committing sodomy just because those books happen to be in an elementary school. These frowny-faced, scary MAGA hatnicks want to take away the right to tear unborn babies limb from limb, a right which the Constitution guarantees to every woman, even if he's a man, and only pretending to have a period because living in reality is hard and the gas there is so damn expensive. Joe Biden has made defending these make-believe freedoms the goal of his presidency, because obviously if the goal of his presidency was restoring the economy or lowering crime or winning wars, he'd be screwed almost as badly as the American people. So if you care about freedom, vote for Joe Biden or the FBI will raid your house, unquote. Biden says he will not repeat his previous campaign in which he hid in the cellar to get to the White House, and this time he will campaign from the White House and then hide in the cellar because that's where his imaginary friends live. Biden's announcement was immediately followed by a speech by Vice President Kamala Harris, who said, quote, I think it's very important for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. Unquote. (laughs) Sometimes I crack myself up with this nonsense. Oh, wait, no. Kamala Harris actually said that word for word. (laughs) Sorry. For a second there, I thought I was a comic genius or stoned or something. Anyway, in a secret emergency meeting, Republicans reacted to the president's announcement with fear and desperation, saying, quote, this is terrible. We could actually beat this Google brain sucker and be forced to take responsibility for governing. President Biden's job approval rating is at 41. And that's people, not percentage points. Where or where will we ever find a candidate so divisive, chaotic and ill-mannered that he can alienate enough of the independent voters so we can somehow manage to lose this election? We must search high and low for the one man in America who could even possibly get fewer votes than a nasty, corrupt, superannuated Paul who barely knows where he is, let alone how to pretend to run the country while unseen leftist radicals trash its founding principles from within. Wherever can he be, that hero who will save us from victory? Is he to the West, to the East, the North, the South? Help us find him, fellow Republicans. You're our only hope, unquote. Republican leaders say they hope the upcoming election will not distract them from their business of accomplishing nothing and then ranting angrily on Fox News, especially now that Tucker Carlson is gone and doing nothing, then ranting on Fox News will be like doing nothing twice. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are ringing, also singing, hunky dunky ship shaped ipsy-topsy, the world is zippity-zing, it's a wonderful day, hooray, hooray, it makes me oh, want to sing. Oh, hooray, hooray, oh, hooray, hooray.
1: So, I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist in our present. And to be able to contextualize it. To understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past but the future.
0: <laughs> I just didn't want you to think I was making that up. Here we are laughing our way through the communist takeover of America. But before we begin, let's start with some good old-fashioned capitalism. This episode is brought to you by Moink. Right now, my listeners will get free bacon in your first box. It's the best bacon you'll ever taste, but available for a limited time only. Go to moinkbox.com slash Clavin. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Moink, how do you spell Claven? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. I'll tell you more about them in a little while. All right. Tucker Carlson was exiled from the Empire of Lies, and we're going to talk about that. The great Heather McDonald will be here. And if you're not watching uh, the documentary The West on New Culture Forum, the New Culture Forum YouTube channel, uh, tune it in. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, several-part documentary. I'm in it. Lots of uh, other people who are smart are in it. Uh, But I'm in it, too, so you can relax a little bit. Uh, The West from the New Culture Forum YouTube channel. Uh, Also, you want to sign in to my YouTube channel. You want to subscribe to that because you will get exclusive content that you do not get anywhere else except on my YouTube channel when you subscribe it is only for truly evil people like yourselves and if you leave a truly evil comment uh and it's racist and sexist and trans and just endangers makes people feel unsafe and endanger in, in dangers of their life we'll read it on the show because that's what we do here today's comment is from Ethan Severs he said, "I was going to smoke a doobie and listen to Clavin. After the first two minutes, I'm cleaning my kitchen." He called me out harder than that Empire and T-ball after my 27 strike. <laughs> I got that. I got that letter a lot from that uh, that uh, AI um, satire at the beginning of the show. Uh, so stop, stop doing whatever you're doing, and uh, <laughs> and do something else. So I titled today's show, uh, Agent Agent Smith Goes to Washington, because ever since I heard about Tucker getting fired, uh, one scene from that movie has been running through my head. It's the scene where Agent Smith, you remember the evil agent of the Matrix, uh, where people are stored and used as batteries and they kind of dream a reality that's not a reality. Uh, Agent Smith goes to one of the escapees, a guy named Cypher and gets him to betray his rebel comrades in exchange for being allowed to take the blue pill that will return him to the dream world of The Matrix where he gets to live in a fantasy while his brain is being used to power the machine. And here's a bit of that scene that's been in my head.
2: You
1: know, I know this steak doesn't exist.
2: I know that when I put it in my mouth, The Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize?
0: (sighs) Ignorance is bliss. Then we have a deal. (laughs) We have a deal. It's a great scene because it speaks to how deeply seductive a comfortable lie is uh, when the truth is messy and complicated and gray and difficult to deal with and difficult to correct. Uh, the blue pill is obviously a metaphor for the comfortable emotions uh, we get from living with lies. And this week um, at one of his rare press conferences, Joe Biden was caught by a photographer holding a cheat sheet that told him uh, what question he'd be asked by a reporter from the LA Times. It includes uh, what order to call on reporters and pre-submitted questions and uh, they're going to ask. And Corrine uh, Jean Identity Hire, the White House uh, spokeswoman, uh, said, oh, well, we just get some general information. But it's very, very specific. Uh, the question wasn't exactly that question, but it told them what the information was. And so this tells us something that This is the matrix, right? I mean, this is the press pretending to do their job, which is to be to get the president to you know answer questions off the cuff. The president pretending to do his job. He's just announced that he's running for re-election and said, "Yes, my age is a uh, you know an issue, but you can watch how I perform." Well, he anybody can perform if he can read it off the answers off a card. Here's what an impromptu uh, questioning of Joe Biden looks like. This is cut 16. The last country I've traveled, I'm thinking once with the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to eighty nine. I met with eighty nine heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think. What was the last? Where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Ireland. That's where it was. How do you know that? <laughs> do you know that because he's not a hundred and ten years old? Then he can remember what happened yesterday. I mean, this is, this is the presidency we're being given. It's very open. It's not like they're hiding it from us. They're simply telling us it will be more comfortable... Uh, If you just believe, go along with us and believe that the press is looking for the truth and the president is being a politician and, you know, that that kind of, uh, you know, hostile uh, give and take between press and politician is going to bring out the truth. If you'll just go along and believe that we can all get on with the business of doing what we're doing without having to uh, resort to asking you about it now. For conservatives, conservatives, it's easy to see that the left is creating a matrix because uh, we see through all their stupid academic theories with which they hide what has now become genuinely evil, uh, their make-believe righteousness, their caring, and all this stuff, and their progressive ideas that are as old as Pharaoh and basically— boil down to the powerful people who rule over everybody else. And we know we've seen, you know, the violent Antifa and BLM riots that were called, uh, mostly peaceful. And, uh, we saw, you know, the, uh, the murderous, um, uh, you know, the the murderous Antifa people, who are called anti—oh, they're anti fascists so they're like the boys who landed on Normandy Beach. Uh, we know they covered up Hunter's laptop and the Joe Biden's alleged sexual assault on Tara Reid. They're lying about the lack of science behind gender transitioning uh, and about how violent and vicious the trans movement is, uh, and about uh, why some Black American communities remain dysfunctional. All the stuff they're saying is lied, and they're all—it's all being done together. There's no—there's no point at which um, a politician goes on a news program and somebody says, you know, is, there, is it really racism that's keeping uh, blacks in, in violent ghettos uh, when, in fact, they were getting out of them before the Great Society? There's nobody to say that because it's all a, a sham. It's all a sham. Uh, and we have our lives of our own on the, on the right, you know. Uh, we have our own comfortable emotions that we retreat into. We enjoy despair on the right because it means we don't have to actually do anything. We can just sound kind of tough and realistic. Yeah, it's all over. There's no point. No point. they just steal everything. And we have no point in doing it. You know, and we have that anger. And it's, you know, anger is easier than just getting to work and doing the long haul. Remember, it took them 50 to 60 years to destroy this country. It's going to take at least that long to get it back. You know, sitting around being angry doesn't uh, help anything. When we open our eyes, though, when we put all of those emotions, those comfortable emotions aside, uh, we see that the people on the left and the right um, have allowed themselves to be caught up into a matrix fantasy in which they're battling each other. We think this is a battle between left and right, battle between black and white, battle between rich versus poor, uh, young versus old. I see this on the left all the time, but I see it on the right, too. The right saying, you know, oh, it's the blacks it's all the fault of the blacks, all that stuff. You know, I'm sure you've all seen that. Really, really, the people, it's the people, it's we the people, left and right, people, Democrats and Republicans who agree about a lot of stuff in the middle. It's us against an increasingly large and monolithic elite class that talks left and right, but is really just a big machine producing a fantasy, and we're the batteries. So this week in an interview with the New York Times, a former newspaper, Anthony Fauci, remember Anthony Fauci? He was asked why America had done so badly during COVID. Why so many deaths? And his answer was, well, something, <laughs> this is true. I'm just reading this off the page. Something clearly went wrong, and I don't know exactly what it what it was. And basically, he blames us. He blames us for not getting vaccinated. Uh, it never occurs to him to ask himself, why we didn't trust him when he told us to get vaccinated? Why we reacted against lockdowns and social pressure and vax IDs to get into restaurants? Uh, why didn't we trust Anthony Fauci? You know, and I don't have to tell you he blames everybody but the guy who ran the show, namely himself. And the New York Times never pro- probes the possibility, never says to him, "Well, what about you? What was it that you did wrong? What did you do that made it so people wouldn't listen to you?" What's you know? It, it's always the other guy, and and the press doesn't press him about it. Just pause for a minute and think about these last 20 years. The war on terror was basically a poorly run crap show. George Bush's plan was overly ambitious, an overly ambitious reaction to 9-11. And the Democrats were absolutely disgraceful in the way they supported the war. And then when things went bad, they turned and it deserted our military, deserted the mission, deserted the president. It was really, really ugly stuff. Who paid a price for that? Besides our soldiers who got killed and blown up, nobody paid a price for that. What about the crash in 2008? That was caused by Democrat policies led by Barney Frank, reckless lending to people they knew uh, would not be able to pay it back. And then it was made worse by Wall Street, who sold those reckless mortgages, those investments, uh, into the greater economy so that when they crashed, when people couldn't pay back the mortgage, all of it passed. Well, not only did nobody pay for that, a lot of those businesses who acted that way were bailed out. Barney Frank, who really was the culprit, he helped write the law that was supposed to correct what happened, it's supposed to prevent it from happening again. Ha ha ha. Uh, And and who else paid a price? Who went to prison for the stuff that they did on Wall Street? Nobody. Barack Obama, after narcissistic mediocrity, uh, lied about who he was, then played the race card to cover up his failures. Uh, You know, he he drove us apart just as we were uh, starting to come together. He kept the economy from really uh, bouncing back. He leaves office uh, and he gets showered with tens of millions of dollars to make documentaries that nobody even knows exist. They don't just not watch them. Nobody even knows about them and writes books that nobody that people buy some of them. They buy his wife's books, but nobody reads them. The election of Donald Trump was an angry cry from the people who wanted their freedom back and their government back and their rights back. The press Destroyed itself to destroy Trump, uh, and the rest of the Democrats just covered themselves in absolute shame to defend their bureaucratic deep state and their freedom strangling, uh, you know, programs that they didn't that they didn't even pass uh, as laws, and they kidded themselves that Trump was worse than he was, and some of us on our side kidded ourselves that Trump was better than he was, that he was more selfless, that he was more capable, that he was more focused on our interests. It would have taken a great man. And it would have taken a master politician to defeat the forces that came after Trump to bring him down. But Trump is not either of those things. He's not a great man, and he's not a master politician. And during the pandemic, he got rattled, and he handed the country over to Fauci, and it was a fatal mistake, and the bastards got him. They brought him down dead to rights. So now the matrix is working smoothly again. Biden is obviously just an animatronic, you know, figure up there, he's a front man for a deep state takeover of the free market and a free people. And our country is getting poorer, it's getting weaker, it's getting stupider, it's getting less free, while our enemies in China, Russia, Iran, they're getting stronger and uh, coming together and they're uh, peeling off some of our allies because our allies realize we're, we're on the downward slope. And this angry, corrupted, ugly, demented old man is still the frontrunner for 2024. If you don't believe me, you are not paying attention. He is going to be very, very tough to beat. So my point is that for the last 20 years the powerful and elite in this country and throughout the West, Democrat and Republican, have failed. And then they failed and then they failed again. And they rewarded themselves for failing with bailouts and Pulitzer Prizes and more power and big jobs and big book contracts. There are only two threats, two things that can stop the matrix in this country. This monolith, this one-party monolith of failures who just believe they should continue to rule because they're them and because they're there and because they like it. They don't want to give up the power and the wealth. Two sources of reality. One is our enemies overseas. They can make money off China, but eventually China will devour them and take away everything they have uh, if, if they don't restore the freedom and capitalism and the military might that made this country the source of the power they have. the second power is the voters. And I know that they cheat and I know that they rig things. You don't have to write letters to me explaining how badly they rigged the last election. You know, my doubts are about something entirely different. I know they rigged the last election. But, But if they weren't vulnerable, if they weren't vulnerable, if they weren't afraid, they wouldn't work so hard to silence us. If they weren't defeatable, if we couldn't get them through the the system that's in place right now, they wouldn't rig the news as much as they do. They wouldn't change the election rules as much as they do. I am absolutely positive that if we're smart and strategic and play the long game, we can make America Zion again, MESA, okay? Uh, as long as we're not like Cypher in the movie, as long as we don't make a deal with Agent Smith and go back into those comfortable emotions of uh, anger and despair and big talk and reckless action that accomplishes nothing, okay? The hard truth is the power of the people. A tough, hilarious, beautiful, godly, and moral culture that enchants the young is the power of the people. The slow work of political reclamation is the power of the people. Victory on school boards and town halls and state capitals and Washington, D.C. The long, hard work of building new institutions to replace the ones they took over, that's the power of the people. And everything else is The Matrix. So we were talking a little bit about Moink at the beginning of the show. Moink is, is, stands for moo and oink because Moink is all about great meat from small family farms all across the country. You may have seen this lady, Lucinda. Who she went on Shark Tank to get investment for Moink. A very moving story. She's fighting for family farms. So Moink delivers grass fed, grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door from Family Farms. Moink lets you choose the meat delivered in every box. You select your box, you create your own, set your delivery, and enjoy delicious meat. Plus, you can cancel any time. Not sure where to start. Their standard box comes with a little bit of everything, chicken, ribeye, burgers, and steak. Moink is all about supporting farmers and the family farm. You can help save the family farm and get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement today. Skip the checkout lines and enjoy more time with your family knowing dinner is covered at moinkbox.com claven Right now, my listeners will get free bacon in your first box. What is better than that? It's free and it's bacon. That's it. That's the top. Free bacon ends on April 30th. That's soon. So go to moinkbox.com now. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Clavin. Moinkbox.com slash Clavin. And I know you're thinking Moinkbox. Anybody can spell that. How do you spell Claven? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. So in battling the matrix, I think there are two big mistakes you can make. One is to think that because the other side is wrong, you're right. That is not always true. It'd be nice if it was always true, but it's not. The other mistake you can make is because you are dedicated to the truth, and because you're an honest person dedicated to the truth, that doesn't mean you always have the truth, right? Everyone can be wrong, and sometimes you just don't have enough information. Hard as it is to believe, this is even true of me, and I'm on a mission from God. But let's talk honestly about what happened to Tucker Carlson, because I think he, this is a really important moment the fact that Fox News fired him uh, is genuinely important he was the best thing they had he was the most important thing they had with the exception of Brett Baer's news show which is excellent he was the reason people were watching Fox News and I'm not even sure how many people watch Brett Baer he left their ratings dropped by two million people uh, don't believe the charts that where they compare his Friday show where which is a the worst rating time uh, to weekday shows. They they lost about two million people. That's fifty percent at least of their audience. And just to add to the story, Don Lemon was fired, and that cost CN, CNN's ratings also uh, dropped by fifty percent of their audience. So that's 2 million and 17 people uh, who aren't watching cable TV anymore. Uh, and obviously, Tucker reached a lot more people after his show was over when things were spread through the internet. Right now. If he were not powerful, and if he were not doing an important work, the Matrix wouldn't have come after him. AOC and Chuck Schumer wouldn't have said the stuff they said right before he went down, and then AOC came back and said something more after he was fired. It was cut 11.
2: When you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence, very clearly incitement of violence, and that is the line that I think we have to uh, be willing to contend with. We not only have a right to tell Rupert Murdoch and Fox what to do, but an obligation. Deplatforming works, and it is important. And um, there you go.
0: So I don't care about Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is not a moral entity. It's like calling him evil. It's like calling a coyote evil, right? He just eats what you know. He's a political animal. He just feeds on the whatever is dead. Uh, but AOC is a dangerous person. She, she really is. I mean, I, I think she's probably uh, one of the most dangerous politicians. She's an ignoramus. Uh, she's a fascist. And she has a great rack. And I just think that that's a very dangerous combination uh, going forward. And just the fact that she said these things. I, you know, Jeremy, the god king of the Daily Wire, if AOC said that about one of us here, he'd raise our salary. Because he would know. He would know. If they're going after you, if they're going after you, you must be worthwhile. You must be valuable. You must be doing something. So the fact that Fox did not keep Tucker on after that kind of attack, they're literally calling for him to be censored by government decree, right, Uh, just tells you something about Fox News. And I'm not talking about the people or the talent on Fox News. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. That has nothing to do with it. Some of them are worth watching. Some of them aren't. I'm talking about the corporate power behind that that entity, it's obviously not on a mission. It's obviously not doing missional work like some of us are here, right? So, you know, obviously when you look at people, you you come to trust them or you don't trust them. Like I'd like to think that you've seen me, uh, you know, sacrifice audience in order to level with you, in order to tell you what I really think. So I think I've earned your trust but at the same time, I expect you, obviously, to make your, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to miss things. Everybody does this. So I expect you to think for yourself. That's the way we work. But you should now know that Fox News is not entirely on your side. Now, I don't know why, why Tucker was fired. I mean, they're just, it, it, Tucker says he doesn't know. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on. If you think you know, you're wrong, right? I mean, you may, you may have guessed right, but you do not know. that We just don't have the information yet. Uh, the Murdoch Corporation Speaking through the Wall Street Journal says it's because that emails that were revealed uh, during the Dominion suit uh, showed him insulting executives with foul language and being, you know, nasty to people in power. Uh, there's been speculation that Murdoch wants to sell Fox and doesn't think that the people who could afford to buy Fox would buy it with Tucker there. Uh, there's speculation that Murdoch's son, Lachlan, and his his whole family, uh, they're tired of being excluded from New York's elite parties, and so they want to strip uh, they you know that's that's the matrix you know where you want to be part of the the in crowd so they want to strip the conservatives out of fox so they'll they'll get uh, invited to parties in new york uh and that that would explain um that stupid piece uh they did on america's newsroom about that kid in california transitioning oh if you don't like that it's just because it's strange and new you know that that was that kind of thing that was a horrible ugly stupid uh, piece, and I was I was embarrassed for them that they did that. So that you know, kind of tells you that maybe something's happening over at Fox. Um, you know, other things. Vanity Fair said they fired him because of a speech. I'll play a little bit of it where he spoke religiously, and uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch doesn't like religion. I don't believe that story at all. And then, of course, there are all these totally unsupported uh, charges against him. There's one woman who's saying, "Oh, he he was a frat boy who created a terrible, you know, hostile uh, atmosphere." women, but she then admitted that she never met him. So, so, you know, that stuff is just hit stuff. I don't care about that. But we know this. We do know this. The Matrix hates this guy. I mean, this is the, the thing we have to say in Tucker's favor, Okay, Whatever criticism I make about him, the Matrix hates this guy. The people who hid Hunter Biden's laptop, the people who said Antifa, these Thugs were dedicated, dedicated to bringing down America. Uh, the people who say that police kill black people inordinately, who in, and encourage riots and say riots are good. This country started with violence, so we should have violence now. Those people hate Tucker Carlson. Here is the View reacting to news that Tucker had been fired.
2: Word has just come down that Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. Contributor, wave. Can I ask the audience if they'll help me do something? <laughs> Come on, folks! Na 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 na. na, na,
0: na, na. Hey, hey, hey So that's that is the, that's the media reaction. Amazing, Brian Stelter. Uh, you know, the former CNN media analyst, the man who once missed a deadline during COVID so he could go to bed and have a good cry, uh, proving that a man really can transition uh, into a woman. Uh, He wrote a piece for The New York Times, a former newspaper. Uh, He said, Fox News, despite having a newsroom with reporters and editors, is primarily a conservative entertainment operation and a Republican Party organ. The news doesn't come first or even second at Fox, and the reporters there know it. Mr. Carlson repeated a story of good versus evil, full of conspiratorial and xenophobic rhetoric every single weeknight. His repetition was his superpower, indoctrinating his fans and inoculating them against the truth. Let's just remember for a minute the deep commitment to reportage and truth that Ms. Stelter and Jake Be Afraid Tapper showed at CNN during the last election when there was evidence rising that not only that Hunter Biden was running an influence peddling scheme and had been running it for decades, but that his father was part of it. Here's just a brief montage of their in-depth reporting and dedication to truth cut nine.
2: It's true that there's no evidence of any wrongdoing by Vice President Biden or that Hunter Biden uh, broke any laws at all. What it confirms is that Hunter Biden is a person of integrity. Hunter has done nothing wrong. I've never read a memoir uh, like this one before. This is Hunter Biden's book, Beautiful
0: Things. It's breathtaking.
2: There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden.
0: Thanks. CNN. it's breathtaking. That autobiography is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. You know, at at this level, the Matrix doesn't even know it's the Matrix. I mean, I I suspect Brian Stelter actually thinks he's he's an honest woman. Uh, But whatever Tucker's flaws, his work was better than that. So here's my take on him professionally. Here's my take on Tucker Carlson professionally. I I met Tucker. I've been on a show a couple times, times. I don't know him. He repeatedly scooped the Matrix media with big, important stories, okay, repeatedly. While CNN was churning out crap like you just saw, Tucker interviewed Tony Bobulinski, a Hunter Biden associate who implicated Joe Biden in Hunter Biden's corrupt schemes, and everything Bobulinski said has so far been uh, confirmed. Uh, Tucker caught the Bank of America sharing private information with the feds so they could arrest January 6th protesters. Uh, he got an inside Google email showing them working to increase turnout for Hillary Clinton voters in 2016. Not only did the Matrix media not get these stories, they didn't cover them after Tucker got them, right? Now, sometimes he was wrong. Uh, he was wrong about Vladimir Putin. Uh, Putin is a bad guy. He is our enemy. But- He boldly went against the tide of war on Ukraine, which is an opinion thing because nobody knows what the future is, right? So that's an opinion. So that was a brave and it's a defensible position that I don't entirely agree with. I partly agree with it. But whether you agree with him or not, he did something That nobody, nobody in the Matrix media was going to do. He took on Sidney Powell's claims that Dominion machines were hacked. He demanded that she deliver proof and she couldn't do it. He risked embarrassing his own network by pointing out that destroying our border was an open plan to brown America. Now, that's what they call him a racist for. But he was quoting them. He was quoting the Democrats. And that, that just drove me crazy. What a terrible racist Tucker Carlson is because he says he's paranoid that they're trying to brown America. That's what they said. And all he did was call them out on their plan. And of course, you know, weasels like uh, Brian Stelter accuse him of racism Uh he interviewed left-wingers all the time if they had something to say. Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald were on his show when they uncovered the truth about the government suppression of speech on Twitter and when they defended leakers uh, who exposed abuses by the CIA and NSA. Ross Douthat did a piece uh, on Knucklehead Row at the Times where he said that Tucker wasn't always right-wing. He pointed that out, uh, but he said he was just always suspicious. But Ross doesn't take into account The 20 years of establishment failures and lies and abuses that I was talking about before that makes suspicion, not paranoia, but constant alertness and suspicion, a perfectly reasonable political position. That used to be the job of the press, being suspicious of the powerful. Now it's not. It is not. And they do not do that job anymore. Mother's Day is coming. And if you're looking for the gift that will make the women in your life feel pampered and appreciated, our friends at Genucel have you covered. Just in time for their Mother's Day sale, Genucel is offering 70% off their most popular package, which includes their ultra-retinal and dark spot corrector. My producers love the Ultra Retinol offered in GenuCell's most popular package. This nighttime moisturizer contains a powerful retinol alternative to visibly reduce the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and skin discoloration without the irritation of retinol. GenuCell's Ultra Retinol helps to exfoliate the skin, which can reduce the appearance of pores and improve skin texture. It can also help the even skin tone by reducing the appearance of age spots and hyperpigmentation. Best of all, Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Give the gift of flawless skin this Mother's Day. Visit GenuCell.com slash Clavin to save over 70% off their most popular package. This package includes the dark spot corrector as well as their ultra retinal and under eye treatment. You'll get a complimentary spa essentials box with every order from now until Mother's Day, plus a free upgrade to priority shipping. Go to genusell.com slash Clavin. That's genusell.com slash Do You want to look like me? Of course not. Go to genusell.com slash Clavin. That's K-L-A-V-A-N.
2: K-L-A. There are no easy
0: now, sometimes Tucker's suspicion and also probably just the need to fill up have content for five days a week. Sometimes that made Tucker get conspiratorial uh, and silly in a bad way. Uh, He bought into that UFO story, uh, which I personally suspect was a CIA distraction campaign uh, meant to keep our minds off the fact that they were doing illegal stuff to silence Americans. Um, He had one recent story about the CIA killing Kennedy, which was so poorly sourced uh, that I thought it was just irresponsible. You know, you have to get that story to report that story. Uh, his take on January 6th was reactionary uh, in that he reacted to the Democrat nonsense that it was an insurrection, which is nonsense, but he made it look like it was a walk in the park. Uh, personally, I think uh, that January 6th was disgraceful behavior by some Trump supporters, that it was goaded on by the feds and then, of course, blown out of all proportion uh, by the Democrats and the people who were in that situation have been totally mistreated. Uh, the Democrats are evil authoritarians, but Trump bears a lot of responsibility for January 6th. He put his ego before the Constitution. And I'm sure Trump has never read the Constitution. I think that's something worth considering. Uh, anyone, Anyway, no one gets it right all the time. And Tucker didn't get it right all the time. The main point is Tucker covered a lot of major stories that the Ma- Matrix media didn't only not cover. They buried them. They hid them. They lied about them. They insulted him for covering them. And he took reasonable but outsider positions that absolutely no one in the Matrix media dared to take or even debate. And that made him relevant and it made him entertaining and it made him sometimes important. So the most important thing about Tucker, the reason they wanted him gone so badly, is that because he kept his eyes open. He learned. You could watch him learning things. You know, people dismiss this. When public figures change and they learn and they grow and they uh, become, they have different opinions, they do this to Tucker. They would say Tucker just morphed into whatever he thought the audience wanted him to be. He was a bow-tied, you know, William F. Buckley clone when that, he thought that would work, and then he became a Trumpian-style firebrand. Uh, but no, that's not true. And Anyone who is good at what his, at his job evolves and changes. So yeah, sure, he's looking for audience. We all want to have an audience, but you shouldn't think the same thing at 50 that you thought at 20. If you do, you're an adolescent fool or Bernie Sanders, but I repeat myself. Everybody wants an audience, but he actually kept his eyes open and he he changed, right? So Tucker served his audience, but I think he also went through a real awakening. He was on a, a podcast called Bob and Eric Save America, and he started to talk about things that he felt he got wrong, cut three.
2: I've spent my whole life in the media. My dad was in the media. Like that is a big part of the revelation that's changed my life is the media are part of the control apparatus. Like there's no, yeah, I know, I know. Cause you're younger and smarter and you're like, yeah. Yeah. But what if you're me and you spent your whole life in that world and to look around and all of a sudden you're like, oh wow. Not only are they part of the problem, but I spent most of my life being part of the problem defending the Iraq war. Like I actually did that.
0: So that's, you know, that is, I think, honest stuff. And that's something that does happen to you when you're in a business. You know, when I first started to make commentary uh, that destroyed my Hollywood career uh, for conservatism, I, I, just, I was just doing it because I had something to say. That was, I wasn't doing it for money. I wasn't getting a lot of money for it. I was getting a lot of money from Hollywood uh, that, that I lost to say those things. because I thought it was important to say it. And I was amazed at how often I bumped into people who weren't serious, who were basically, it was their career. It was what they were doing, what it took to get money, saying what they thought would bring in the most audience uh, and just, you know, playing the game. I think Tucker woke up to that. He made a speech just before he got fired um, at uh, the Heritage Foundation, uh, where he started to talk about the landscape of the moment right now. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that this isn't really a political moment we're going through. It's not a political landscape. It's a, it's a uprising of evil. This is Cut Five.
2: If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are we arguing for that? No, I, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims of rape, I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that. And I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. See,
0: that sounds so much like me that it obviously must be true. Because if I would have said it, it's obviously true. We're not in the situation that people my age and Tucker's age, is younger than me, but still in that you know, cohort. Uh, we're not in the situation that we've been in most of our lives. So yeah, that young guy, What was it? What, did, what is it called, that podcast called? Full Send podcast. I gave it the wrong name. Full Send podcast. Um, and that young guy was going, yeah, yeah, I know all this stuff. But yeah, he was born at a different time. He's going to find out stuff that he didn't know later on. But these are the things that that people our age are finding out when we start to say, oh, we're not in this time anymore. When we're having debates, when our facts are up against their facts, we're having a time when something really bad is happening. Uh, you know, again. I've said this a million times. You can make a debate about abortion. That's a compassionate debate. You can have that debate. We're not in that debate. When you're talking about aborting children the day before they're born, that's what all the Democrats support, every damn one of them. That's what they support. You're talking about infanticide. When you're talking about butchering children, you know, you can say, oh, some people are transgender. I get that. That's an interesting conversation. When you're talking about butchering children who do not know what they are, you are evil. That's You're a bad person who's doing that. And there is no debate because evil people are not prone to arguments. They're not going to give way before arguments. We are dealing with an evil that has risen out of angry, dysfunctional people in our universities. This is where it starts. They are embracing a series of theories that has been generated from 19th century uh, Germany through today. They've embraced the death of God and the infinite mutability of morals. I've talked about this and they have are now advocating for evil. You know, in in the wonderful novel uh, by Dostoevsky, the brothers Karamazov, one of the brothers, the atheist brothers, is named Ivan, and Ivan says, this is before Nietzsche ever wrote basically the same thing, Ivan says, if we don't believe in God and immortality, then not only should we abandon Christian morality, but our morality should become the exact opposite, and he tells why. That's what we're looking at now, and that is what I think Tucker started to see, and when you see that, when you see that, it stops being about Democrats and Republicans, and it starts being about something very much deeper than that. Uh, and I think that, you know, you then have to contend with what is evil? Where do you know what? What does that come from? How did we get here? How? Why are we saying these things? And that's one of the things I try to talk about on this show all the time. Now, when you're evil, when you're butchering children, when you're aborting infants, not I'm not talking about fetuses. I'm talking about full grown infants when you have to when you're evil, you have to hide it. When you're evil, you have to lie to say you're not evil, because everybody knows what evil is. It's not relative. Evil is not relative. People are evil. They know it. When you have to lie to hide it, and when you lie, you have to force other people to believe the lie, and that's where we are right now. Look, Tucker is obviously, like all of us, a human being. He makes mistakes. Uh, He probably does things he shouldn't. We all do. Uh, He goes down wrong roads. But the people who are attacking him are the agent smiths of the Matrix. They're the enemy of American freedom, and they're the enemy of any kind of recognizable morality. Tucker's latest uh, message, his last message that he sent out was a post-firing message, Uh, and here's what he said. Cut four.
2: Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue. And so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, Calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe: true things prevail.
0: Now, I'm not, I'm not sure how much I agree with that. I think true things sometimes prevail, but lies can last for quite a long time, and we've seen that happen, uh, and they can do quite a lot of damage. However, the one thing I have to say about that is that doesn't sound to me like a man who's thinking of retirement. And where Tucker goes next is going to tell us a lot about the state of the nation. Real talents, top talents, top broadcasting talents. And the one thing I know in life, it is a broadcasting talent. Top talents like Glenn Beck and Megyn Kelly uh, left Fox. Uh, they, they are two of the top broadcast talents of the day. Uh, they left Fox and they established terrific outlets where they have large audiences and they make great money. But, but so far, they don't have the cultural power they had when they were on Fox. I mean, this is just, I'm just being honest about it. They have, they're there, they do great work, they make good money, they have great audiences, but they still don't have the kind of power they could marshal when they were on cable networks. Now, I think that that situation is temporary, and I'll tell you why. I think that Glenn Beck is a pioneer, Megyn Kelly, is a pioneer. So saying that they don't have the cultural power they used to have is like saying, oh, you got on a wagon train and you trekked from New York to California. Uh, Now you don't have the influence that you had before because there's nobody in California. Well, people come, right? Things change. The cultural power is coming to the places where Megan and Glenn and us, and now Tucker, I'm sure, are going. And that's why Uh, that's why the power of the B, the Matrix, has made sure to co-opt Google. Uh, That's why the Matrix uses YouTube to silence anybody and demonetize us. That's why they hate Elon Musk for not playing along over Twitter. The cultural power of free men and women is growing. It is. There's no question about this. They, uh, They wouldn't be so scared. Tucker's right about this. They would not be so scared if that weren't the case. So look, Personally, I hope Tucker joins us here. I hope he becomes part of The Daily Wire. I, you know, I haven't heard anything about that, and I, I don't know if that's going to be true. I mean, I think The Daily Wire, Glenn Beck over at The Blaze, Megan Kelly, I think we are the outposts of Zion. We really are. We're not always right. We don't always get the uh, all the facts, but at least we are trying our best to tell you what we see. All right? And Tucker Carlson, I suspect, is about to become one of us. He was fired because he saw the bigger truth, the big truth of the matrix, but he's not the only one. People will follow him and this movement is going to grow. It is a great thing to keep your education going and to get your degree, but it's hard to fit it into a busy schedule. Grand Canyon University's online programs are designed to make earning your degree easy and accessible no matter your age or stage in life. Whether you're a busy professional looking to advance your career or a stay-at-home parent juggling family responsibilities, their online courses give you the flexibility you need to learn on your own terms. Grand Canyon University specializes in helping you fit your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree into your busy day. From scholarships to customized scheduling, your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Why wait? If you're ready to take your education to the next level, you need Grand Canyon University. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. That's gcu.edu. So now I want to take the red pill for a minute and look beyond The Matrix. And I know The Matrix is an overused comparison, but that's what it is. That's what it is. And I'll show you why. Politically, what is really going on besides the kind of big ticket issues, the things that we're yelling about? It's a hugely important article in The Wall Street Journal this week. Phil Graham, former chairman uh, on the Senate Banking Committee, and uh, Pat Toomey, who's also on the banking, Senate Banking Committee, he was. Uh, they write these articles from time to time. And I read them all the time. And one of the reasons this is so important is they have won my trust, okay? Their arguments are packed with facts. Their arguments are always very, uh, they're conservative, but they're not doctrinaire. And their headline this time, and usually they're much calmer than this. This headline is really dramatic and the writing is really dramatic. They say, Biden is transformational and not in a good way. His regulatory barrage and failed progressive era policies imperil economic exceptionalism in the U.S., You say, from Wall Street to Silicon Valley, from Permian Basin to the Chicago Loop, an iron net of regulation has descended across the American economy. That's from Churchill's speech on the Iron Curtain. Churchill's metaphor conveys the magnitude of the onslaught and the peril it poses to the American economy uh, and our freedom. We face not an errant regulator or an officious bureaucrat, but a sea change in the economy's regulatory ecosystem. The executive branch and its regulatory agencies are unbound by the laws they are supposed to uphold and hostile to the industries they regulate, undermining the political accountability at the heart of our Republican government. This is tough talk from people who are usually very reserved, very fact based, uh, and very, uh, you know, even conservative in their suggestions. Basically, what they're saying is that Biden probably illegally is using bureaucratic, unelected regulatory power to force companies to go woke, to look to racial justice and environmental stuff. And they're, they have totally unrealistic regulations that use powers that were meant to conserve fossil fuels, right, and protect the environment. But they're using them to try to end fossil fuels and uh, by giving... Companies' unachievable standards. Uh, If you have a retirement account, they're basically pushing investors to invest so that you lose money on your retirement account, but their left-wing goals are supported. So essentially, they're stealing the money that you saved up, that you earned, to do the things that they want to do. And you wonder why businesses go woke, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch doing that stupid thing. It's because the government is leaning on them, breathing down their neck with regulations, and they're trying to get ahead of it and stay safe. Biden is the perfect frontman for this. Here's another Wall Street Journal article by uh, Dan Henninger, a really good piece. He says, President Biden won't negotiate, doesn't do press conferences, does only canned events, can't maintain focus, has minimal factual grasp, and his foreign policy activity is totally ceremonial. But almost overnight, the party, the Democrat Party, seemed to embrace the idea of a second Biden term. Yes, the close midterm results were a triggering event, and the prospect of a Trump rerun helped. But I think the Democrats realized they had backed into a su- system that suits them to a T: the non-compost presidential model of American politics. What he's saying is, this doddering, corrupt-eyed zombie animatronic model is standing there, taking program questions from a make-believe press, while these regulatory things are going on, and right and voters. Don't want this guy. Biden's uh, ratings are down to 30 in the 30s. They're lower than anyone since Reagan. And Reagan came back because he was doing the right things for the economy. But here is what's happening to the voters, right? Here's a piece uh, from The Federalist by Stella Morobito. War on normal Americans seems to have found its final frontier in the conservative small towns and rural communities often called red strongholds on the political map. Infiltration of red America by woke activists and their agendas is nearing or has passed the inflection point, right? Because people are leaving their left-wing places and coming to places like Tennessee, but they're bringing their politics with them and they're sending activists here on purpose, which is why Gavin Newsom is making these tours of all these red areas. Here's Peachy Keenan, a wonderful writer, obviously a, uh, a pseudonym, a wonderful writer at American Mind, she says, um, he says, Do you happen to notice that what should have been an obvious moral victory for the right a few weeks ago, when a transgender lunatic in Tennessee? murdered six Christians became instead a civil rights triumph for the far left. Instead of seeing headlines afterwards like left-wing terror targets innocent people for their religious beliefs during an apparent left-wing hate crime, we got headlines about the racist Tennessee Republicans who expelled two black state representatives and they ultimately left them back in. In Franklin, Tennessee, a beautiful suburb of uh, Nashville, uh, they're holding a new gay pride parade in the wake of this murder of Christian kids by this transgender person. Franklin is this quiet, this is Peachy Keenan writing, Franklin is a quiet, idyllic little town just south of where the Covenant School shooting took place. According to friends who fled California uh, for more peaceful lives there, no one wants more gay pride. But they said, we want to bring our outside town small gay pride celebration into the middle of town. And the mayor surrendered. He bent the knee to the trans activists and broke the tie on the city council and let this massive gay pride celebration come to Franklin. And a friend in Franklin wrote to Peachy Keenan and said, what isn't? Beans reported is that businesses and companies spoke out against the parade. There's been a small gay festival outside town the last two years. It was not well attended and very small. This is an outside activist push. And the local governments cave in because they don't know what's hit them. Also, sometimes what hits them is the federal government. The Department of Justice is suing Tennessee to reverse that ban on trans treatment for minors that uh, Matt Walsh helped get passed here in Tennessee. Now the DOJ is, um, is suing Tennessee to reverse that. These are powerful forces coming to local places. And what are Republicans doing about it? Let's talk about Disney, right? Disney has now filed a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis, who is uh, taking away their special privileges uh, that they had, where basically they were running their own little city on their own. So now they're saying this is DeSantis' relentless campaign to weaponize government power against Disney in retaliation for expressing a political viewpoint unpopular with certain state officials. This is Disney's idea that you should be able to put pornography and and uh, you know perverted sexual stuff into schools, and they don't want it, uh, DeSantis to stop it. Now I'm in a long-running argument with my friend Jenna Ellis over this, the constitutional attorney. She thinks it's unconstitutional. Uh, My feeling now, I see it differently. I think this is like Boston Tea Party time. This reverence for private business has to go away. Walt Disney was a Christian company that won the trust of parents and the love of children and is now using that trust and that love to groom them for sexual perversion. Remember the Chris Rufo tape where we saw what they were doing. This is cut 10. We saw what people at Disney were working on.
2: Our leadership over there has been so
0: welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. I don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background, this are, like I was just
2: wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show around them. But like I, I just was like no one would stop me and no one
0: was trying to stop me. That to me is just like winning the favor of a child so you can rape him, basically. I mean, that's what it's like. It is like they've used this company that used to be one thing. It's not the Disney company. I mean, personally, I love Jenna Ellis and I know she's acting on principle and I respect what she's saying. I'm ready to crucify Mickey Mouse and eat Pluto. I mean, that's basically where I'm at at this point because this is not Mickey Mouse. This is not the Disney Corporation. It's just like Yale isn't Yale and the New York Times isn't the New York Times. It's that guy, what was it, Edgar the Bug from Men in Black. Remember, they steal his, the aliens steal his skin and dress up as a person. That's what this is. These are companies pretending to be using the respect that was built up by the people who came before them to do ugly things, to spread this godless, violent, uh, revolution that they have come up with, and that that's that's why it doesn't matter who they seem to be. It only matters what they're selling. So Jenna is making an honest criticism, and maybe she'll turn out to be right in court. I don't know. You know, I respect her. But what about Donald Trump? Donald Trump's reaction to this is what what De Sanctis, He's got to call people names as being absolutely destroyed by Disney. He's gloating about it. His original PR plan fizzled, so now he's going back with a new one in order to save face. Disney's next move will be the announcement that no more money will be invested in Florida because of the government. They could even announce a slow withdrawal or sale of certain properties or the whole thing. Watch, that could be a killer. Trump posted this on Truth uh, Social platform, and he said, In the meantime, this is all so unnecessary. It's a political stunt. And Nikki Haley, also running for president, she joined in. Here's cut six.
1: You know, as governor, I took a double-digit unemployment state and I turned it into an economic powerhouse. Businesses were my partners, because if you take care of your businesses, you take care of your economy, your economy takes care of the people and everyone wins. And so that's the way we dealt with it. We are South Carolina was a very anti-woke state. It still is. And if Disney would like to move their hundreds of thousands of jobs to South Carolina and bring the billions of dollars with them, I'll let them know. I'll be happy to meet them in South Carolina and introduce them to the governor and the legislature that would that would welcome it.
0: You know, I'm sorry, but obviously Nikki Haley, she tweeted something where she said uh, we in South Carolina are, are not woke, but we're not sanctimonious about it either. The use of that word that uh, Trump is using against uh, DeSantis is a clue that she wants to be Trump's vice president candidate. She's not running to win. She's running to be his vice presidential candidate. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is important. It is important that they're eating away at the family structure. It is important. You know, I, I truly do not care what people do behind closed doors. I do not care how they want to live. But this is an attack by powerful, powerful forces, government working in collusion uh, with, with corporations to destroy the American family. Destroy the family. This is pure Marxist, the pure Marxist idea. The Marxist idea is this. We used to be herds. That, that was used to be the unit of... Uh, of governance, of human governance, we were a herd. Capitalism broke us off into the family. And so in order to destroy the family, we have to take the wife out of there. We have to tell her she's oppressed. Uh, we have to get her out and put her in the workforce. And then everybody's children becomes everybody's children. There are no moms and dads. We just all take care of the children together. And then that break against socialism, that thing that is defending capitalism and freedom, the, the family will be destroyed. This is not, you know, this is written down. It's not, I'm not making this up, you know? And so this is what this whole thing is about. And if Disney becomes part of that, then the hell with Disney and all of the companies that do it. And if Trump joins in with it, then the hell with Trump. This is what we're fighting for. We're not fighting for these politicians. They can come and go. We're fighting for a principle. We're fighting for a system that has worked Great. It can always be reformed. It can always be made more just. It can always be made more made better. But listen, you want to know the bottom line? Here's Joe Biden telling you the bottom lines. Cut seven. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet they are. That's not Biden talking. That's the matrix. And we can't become part of it. Listen, there are certain things you do in life to protect your family. You get life insurance, you save for a rainy day fund, and you write a will. Epic Will isn't for people who are already wealthy with a massive estate. Epic Will is for people who are building their estate. It's for people who are just getting started. Epic Will provides a simple and secure platform to create a legally binding will in minutes. Their user-friendly interface allows you to easily customize your will and ensure that your assets are distributed according to your wishes. Unlike traditional law firms that charge high fees for will drafting, Epic Will's services are affordable and transparent with no hidden costs or surprises. All you need to do is fill out their step-by-step form. They'll help you create your last will and testament, living will, health care, and financial power of attorney in as little as five minutes and for just $119. Having a will can ensure that your wishes are carried out after you pass away and may provide peace of mind for both you and your loved ones. Go to epicwill.com slash Claven to save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com slash Claven. How do you spell Claven? You're asking how. Please tell me how. It's K L A V A N. No easing, Claven. I just make it look this easy.
2: There are no easing things.
0: Millions of people tuned into Netflix's true crime obsession, making a murderer. I really like that show. Uh, Stephen Avery, a man wrongly convicted of sexual assault in 1985, was accused of a gruesome murder just two years after his release. uh, The show presented Avery as an innocent man framed by the Mantowoc County Sheriff's Department. Uh, It made his conviction feel like a significant miscarriage of American justice, and people rallied behind Avery, passionately claiming that the truth will come out. But what if the truth is even more shocking than anyone expected? What if there's more to the story than what we were shown? I know there was. And as you know, Candace Owens is a fierce advocate for the truth. And she's diving headfirst into the n- notorious Stephen Avery case in her new series, Convicting a Murderer. She's disclosing the shocking parts of Avery's story that were omitted in the Netflix series. I think this is true of all these true crime shows. Is there an innocent man behind bars? Or did the real miscarriage of justice happen when Hollywood decided to get involved in the case? Find out this summer in our new explosive 10-part series, Convicting a Murderer, exclusively on on Daily Wire Plus. But don't wait until then to sign up right now. You can get 35% off your membership with code TRUTH. This offer won't be available for long, so become a member today and be here when the truth finally comes out. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe. I'm really looking forward to that show. Also, while we're talking about Daily Wire Plus, I recently sat down with my pal Ben Shapiro for a new episode of his show, The Search. Now, one of the things I loved about building this company uh, was basically me and Ben spent most of our time arguing with each other. Uh, We used to argue with each other so much on backstage that Jeremy finally had to tell Tell us to stop. I love talking to this guy. He's always got great things to say. We talked about how to win the culture war, the importance of reading. Every book you can put your filthy hands on. We talked about the difference between people who believe in God and emotionally stunted meat puppets who don't. Uh, it was a great conversation. Here's a, a little bit of it. You actually can say to them as they get older, you can say, ah, you know, don't, don't do that. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your voice. Right. It's just they think like, well, you know, I mean, I, I want to... Proudest moment of my life. One of the proudest moments of my life. I once said to my son, like, that I had never, I never hit my kids. I never had to. You know, I I, I could be scary, but I never like. Yeah. You know. Well, so and, first of all, rule: father does have to have the capacity to be scary. Yes, it's Just a yes, thing it. It's like
2: the George Pat. It's it's, Pat, it's from Patton, right? It's not important <laughs> for them to know. It's only important for me to know when yeah. I'm actually like angry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So I, I said to him like, uh, did you were you ever afraid I would hit you? You know, because I was I was frightening. You know, I could be frightening if they were doing something really stupid. And he said, No, that would have been wrong because I was so much smaller than you and I knew you wouldn't do something wrong. I thought, you know. That's a, that's a that's great what, answer. That's wow. I mean, you know? wow. <laughs> yeah. So I smacked him. Yeah, just, I, <laughs> I, I, knocked, I knocked him unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Smart aleck kid. <I> like. <laughs> the search is streaming right now on Daily Wire Plus. Become a member and watch it today. So, you know, it's one thing to speak honestly about the fact that the. Journalis- the journalists in this country have become part of the matrix, but there's still great journalism being done in this country, and that will continue to be true as long as there is a Heather McDonald. Uh, you've seen her on this show a million times because I just love talking to her. She is a great journalist, the author of several critically acclaimed best-selling books, including The Diversity Delusion and the New York Times bestseller, The War on Cops. She's got a new book out called When Race Trumps Merit. How the pursuit of equity sacrifices excellence, destroys beauty and threatens lives. Heather, always great to see you how are you doing
1: Thank you for such a great introduction Andrew. I greatly appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean it uh, this is you know this is something I've been reading the book I haven't finished it yet, but I just I've just been starting it. Uh, it's it's a heartbreaking book in a lot of ways. I mean, you bring your usual uh, great journalism to it, but the stuff that you're talking about is really difficult to face. Uh, let's, let's just begin. You say this has its roots in the past, but really got started uh, with the George Floyd riots. What exactly are we talking about when we say when race trumps merit?
1: We're talking about the idea that if we look around and we see an institution that does not have exact racial proportionality based on the national population. So for instance, if you look at Google and it doesn't have 13% black engineers working there or black computer uh, scientists, which is 13% is what the national population is. Therefore we have concluded it is per se racist and it must lower its standards in order to uh, create the requisite diversity. Or if you look at, uh, a medical school and you see that it doesn't have 13 percent black faculty or a, a, an Alzheimer's research lab and it doesn't have 13 uh, percent black neurologists working there, the federal government, the medical school, whether it's Harvard Medical School or Duke Medical School will conclude the lab is racist. We, the medical school, are racist. We have to lower our standards of admissions. We have to lower our standards of hiring in order to engineer Uh, racial proportionality on the criminal side. If viewers are are sort of scratching their heads of what the hell has been going on with criminal law enforcement for the last two years, why are these crazy prosecutors not prosecuting theft, shoplifting, turnstile jumping, trespass, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, which is the most appalling of all? Why are police chiefs often telling their officers don't make car stops, don't arrest for, Quality of life and you know infractions like in public camping—all of this is the same issue. It's driven by, in this case, the overrepresentation of blacks in prison and the disparate impact that the enforcement of the criminal law inevitably has on black criminals. The thing that my book tries to do, Drew, is provide an alternative explanation to racism for why we have those racial disparities.
0: Before before we get to that, I want to talk about that. But, but before we get to that, this is such a bad idea. Obviously, I mean, let's just start. We've t- mentioned the medical profession. You know, I want a surgeon who is the best possible surgeon. I don't care if he's Scandaman- Scandinavian or Zulu. I want right. the guy who can do the job best. So this is such a bad idea. It, it obviously is going to lower the quality of the schools that practice obviously. it. How did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where this, somebody thought that this would work?
1: I don't know if they're thinking about whether it works. They don't think it works in terms of meritocracy and and success. They think it works simply as a, as a way of engineering and imposing racial quotas on everything. I think the way reason we got here, Drew, is America, white Americans in particular, are very guilty about our racial past. And I freely admit that that racial past was appalling. It was gratuitously nasty for decades way after... We got rid of slavery. The South was behaving like a bunch of absolute psychotic neurotics towards blacks. And at this point, we are not that country, Drew. I can both say we were white supremacist apartheid country. And today we have done a 180 degree turn. Uh, The reality today is black privilege. And that can get you fired if you say that on a college campus. Fortunately, neither of us are there. (laughs) So we hope we can keep our jobs. Uh, White privilege is not the reality. I don't know a single black high school senior applying to a selective college that puts his uh, race down as white because he knows that being black will give him an enormous advantage. Whites are terrified that the skills gap, despite decades of trying after the, the height of the civil rights era in the 1960s, we spent trillions of dollars on redistribution programs, on is de facto reparations, on social outreach, on, on, you know, doing affirmative action up the gazoo. And still there is a standard deviation in virtually every objective test of, of academic skills. The, the, the whites are terrified that that will never close. And so they are out there saying proleptically the only allowable explanation is racism. They're terrified of looking at black culture and they're, they're certainly never gonna look at the whole very vexed issue of heritability, but they won't even look at the pathological inner city culture that says that academic achievement is acting white.
0: Natural disasters, power outages, and other emergencies can strike at any time. Imagine a blackout from power lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen in time right at the moment the power fails lights all over the country would go out, throwing people into total darkness. You have to be prepared for this kind of thing. In the event of a disaster, you need to be able to harness solar power. With the Patriot Power Generator from Four Patriots, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house. Because it's portable, you can take it with you anywhere, outdoors, where you can even use it inside. The Patriot Power Generator is powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, or even your fridge. Four Patriots, offers full-size solar panel generators, solar-powered cell phone chargers, and solar-powered flashlights, making sure all your devices, phones, and essentials are charged during an emergency. If disaster strikes, you'll be happy to have potentially life-saving power. Right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use code CLAVEN to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. You'll also get they're guaranteed for an entire year after your order, free shipping on orders over $97, and a portion of every sale donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just head over to 4patriots.com. That's the number 4patriots.com and use code CLAVEN at checkout. That's 4patriots.com. Promo code CLAVEN. That's the number K L A V A N.
2: There are no easy things.
0: You know, you, you talk about it's so easy to see how this is going to lower standards in medical schools and medical practice, how it obviously lowers standards in policing. Uh, It's been a disaster in terms of repealing the great uh, advances we made for 20 years in in lowering crime. But one of the subtitles of your book, the title of the book is When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence Destroys Beauty and Threatens Lives. How does it destroy beauty?
1: the elites have turned on the extraordinary legacy of western art whether it's music museums art you know visual arts theater dance it is all coming down it is all being accused on a completely specious basis of fomenting white supremacy so if you love classical music as i do and i know for a lot of people it's a very alien idiom but I can just assure you that it is one of the most sublime expressions of the human spirit once your ears get acclimated to what is by now sadly a very strange and foreign idiom uh the idea is that because the vast majority of european musicians writing in the this tradition of of notated music were white because they were europeans Therefore, the only reason anybody thinks that Bach and Mozart and Haydn and Schubert and Beethoven are great is because they were dead white males and and their power is due to white supremacy. This is a preposterous idea, but you have since the George Floyd racial psychotic breakdown, you have the very leaders of arts organizations, whether it's an opera company, a symphony orchestra or an art museum, Betraying their most profound obligation, Mm. which is to celebrate their traditions, pass them on and teach young people why should they they should be down on their knees in gratitude between the for these works. And instead, they're saying, oh, we're no longer an opera company. We're an anti-racist institution. We're no longer an art museum. We're an anti-racist museum. Let me show you the various ways that the last 5000 years of Western art
0: are racist. (laughs) You know, what's what's terrible about that is you have guys like Wagner, who actually was a racist, one of the greatest writers of opera uh, who ever lived. It just doesn't account for anything. You know, I mean, talent is talent and talent is blind. So let's talk about this. I mean, you are one of the few people who actually speaks with not just with frankness, but without bias about some of the causes of, of this what is another way of approaching this problem where blacks don't seem to be able to move up? I mean, everybody has faced uh, prejudice in this country. Obviously, the blacks are special in the sense that uh, they they faced this slavery in that long uh, Jim Crow period. But, you know, Jews have been put upon, the Irish have been put upon, everybody else sort of gets past it. Why can't blacks get past this?
1: Boy, that's such a difficult, difficult question, Andrew. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put my neck out here and say, I, I look at this inner city culture and it is absolutely counterproductive. It is destined. There's there's no way you can look at this and think that there's a, any possibility of, of closing the skills gap. You have the hip hop culture that celebrates violence, cop killing, misogyny, drug taking, theft, bling. Uh, and you have what I mentioned before, the anti-acting white syndrome which says that if you're a black kid and you're actually taking your textbooks home to study and you're not going and running the streets, you're acting white. And then you have an enabling elite that has lost confidence in the bourgeois values. I was just today walking through Times Square in New York City and you know, p- going past a strip joint. And I remember the halcyon days of the 1990s when Giuliani, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, transformed the city by saying, I'm not going to apologize for bourgeois values like neatness, getting porn out of Times Square, not having people colonize the sidewalks, expecting law and order, you you jump the turnstiles, you're getting arrested. and we've lost confidence in that and we're not enforcing public order. And the elites have said, well, maybe we'll still kind of try to live by traditional norms when it comes to our own child rearing but we're sure not going to tell anybody especially blacks who now have a 71% out of wedlock birth rate which is cataclysmic it is it is it is impossible to civilize young males with 71% of black children being born in a fatherless home we are not we have lost the confidence to say children need their mothers and fathers. And there's many reasons for that. There's feminism and there is also gay rights. Let's, let's be honest. If you say that children need their biological mothers and fathers, you will not only be accused of dissing the strong women who say they can do it all and be single mothers just fine. You're also dissing the lesbian couple and everybody's terrified to do that.
0: One of the things that is so appalling about this is that Blacks actually were making more progress in terms of—in relative progress to where they were, rising into the middle class faster before the 1960s. I mean, basically after Jim Crow and the Civil Rights Act, but before the Great Society. So much of the money being pumped into the government is coming from these programs that are basically have broken the back of black culture. Is there any way—you know, how do you you get people to unclaw their hands from that money— uh, and, and and say, you know, this is actually hurting people.
1: Well, Drew, I get asked all the time, what can we do? And I have to say, I've sort of lost patience with that concept. Uh, you could say, well, as a form of reparations, we as whites, it's still our responsibility. Uh, but frankly, even if as a moral issue, you thought that were the case, and I'm not sure I do, there's not a whole lot more that so-called we can do. It's up to the black culture right now to heal itself. We, you know, you can throw all the money you want at these failing inner city schools. The child learns to read by actually putting in the effort. There's no social worker that can do that for him. There's no parent that can substitute and say, I'm going to actually monitor my child's homework. Is he going to school? The black truancy rate is astronomical in California. It's at least four times higher than whites. You better believe it's a lot higher than Asians. Uh, and, And so if you're not in school, you can't learn. If you're not taking your textbooks home, you can't do your homework. I have observed inner city classrooms, and they are absolute frightening zones of of insubordination and chaos. And of course the other disparate impact concept uh, you know, the book is about the fallacy of disparate impact is that if teachers discipline uh, the insubordinate unruly students at a, at, you know, as they deserve to be. And it turns out that the disproportionately those are black students, then we can't discipline the students because discipline has a disparate impact on blacks. And we're all supposed to believe that there's no behavioral differences. Well when you have black teenagers between the ages of 14 and 17 committing gun homicide at 10 times the rate of white and hispanic teenagers between the ages of 14 and 17 the idea that that population is going to go to school and be immaculately attentive to their teacher and you know you know doing their homework and not disrupting their fellow students is ridiculous the same Lack of socialization, the same lack of parental involvement that leads to that gun homicide rate is also creating these chaotic inner city classrooms. So we can do our charter schools, we can do our vouchers, we can try to re embrace a belief in bourgeois values, but at some point, the race hustle, which is what's going on, we are all embracing a fiction of ubiquitous white supremacy. That race hustle has to stop by the hustlers themselves.
0: Wow. Now, this is a big step toward it. This book, When Race Trumps Merit, uh, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence Destroys Beauty and Threatens Lives by the great Heather McDonald. And I'm just thrilled to say I didn't even know this, that this is being published by us. This is a Daily Wire book. Uh, I'm just I am honored to have you on the team, Heather. It is always great to see you. uh, And I look forward to finishing the book. It's really good.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Well, I chose Daily Wire in order to have you as a colleague. So it's mutual. <laughs> oh, thank
0: you. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. It's great to see you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. That dark bulldozer of terror that you feel coming towards you is the Clavenless Week approaching. If you're not a member, if you're not a member, this is the last uh, segment before that disaster befalls you. Uh, so I, I can't even fathom at this point why you wouldn't be a member. You know, it's like, I mean, where where else would you go? However, before we leave you, just to show you our goodwill uh, and our generosity and our just the nice, the incredible niceness of this company, uh, we will solve all your problems with the mailbag.
2: Yeah! <laughs> it's so good. It's got to be a big misunderstanding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. The first is uh, question is from anonymous. Um, this might seem like a dumb mailbag question. There are no dumb questions. Oh, yes, there are. There's some really stupid questions, but that one that's not one. Uh, but as someone who loves your show, books, and all your work, I would love to know what has brought you the most joy so far in your life. I want to live my life to the fullest and would like any wisdom on what true happiness looks like from someone who has lived more life than I and whom I look up to. Uh, I'm thrilled that you asked this question because I actually know the answer to this question, uh, and my answer is 100% correct. It's guaranteed 100% correct. Um, First of all, when talking about joy and happiness, those are two different things, though at least the way I use them. Uh, happiness is a momentary thing. It is something that happens sometimes. You win the lottery, your book sells, your, uh, you know, your, you get a promotion at work, whatever it is, uh, you'll be happy. Uh, but then you won't be. Uh, it will come and it will go. And even if it improves your entire life, uh, the happiness will not last. You'll know, happiness will come and go. Joy is a consistent a vitality, uh, a gusto for life even in times of trouble, even in times of grief. um, That is something very much deeper, very much bigger. And I will tell you this, and you can literally take this to the bank, it is absolutely true. All joy comes from love. There is no joy that is not directly derived from love. And the things that you love, the quality of the things that you love, determines how much joy they will give you. If you want joy, Love, as my wife always says, shower the people you love with love. Shower everything you love with love. So you can guess from that what brings you the me or anybody the most joy. It's going to be the thing that you love that is biggest. So the first thing is going to be God, because God obviously is the biggest thing. And when you love God, when you love creation, when you love creation. Uh, this darkness that come passes over the land from time to time, uh, this twisting of human minds and human hearts that you see again and again throughout history, you can get through it with joy. It's amazing. I mean, obviously terrible things can happen and you're not going to be happy if those terrible things happen, but you can face life with gusto if you love God and love creation. The next thing under God are people. If you love the people in your life, uh, you're going to get joy from the people. Uh, you know, my, my wife, my son and daughter, um, you know, my grandchildren, th- my uh, son and daughters, partners in life. These are the people that I love uh, and, and many of my friends. I love a lot of, there are a lot of people I love, but th- that's the joy. Uh, that's the next amount of joy. I love my work. I adore my work. I love doing this. I love the writing books. Uh, it is something that uh, is very, very deep in my nature and I love it. And then I love little things. I like watching football. I like, uh, I love watching football. I love doing puzzles, you know, like, but if I did those little things more than they deserve, I would be ruining them, right? So if I, I like word puzzles, so I'll do a word puzzle uh, from time to time and that'll give me joy. I get get tremendous joy from doing it. I don't do too much of it because then the joy would run out because it's just a little thing. It's not a big thing like God or a human being or the work of your hands. The trick here, the trick here is that when you love something, you have to live into the love. You can't just do it and forget. You can't just sit with your wife. You've got to love your wife. You can't just sit with your kids. You have to love them in the moment that you're with them. You have to shower your work with love. You have to shower God with love. And the joy will come. You'll see. You'll see. I mean, everything, everything that you enjoy, and you shouldn't you shouldn't have any disdain for the little things. The mistake that people make, I get this from gamers a lot is that they think, well, gaming gives me joy, and then they do it for six hours. No, gaming should give you about a half hour joy. And after that, you should be doing something else. It's not a big thing. It's a small thing, right? The arts give me joy, another thing that gives me joy. Uh, but it's it's gonna be the same thing for everybody. The thing that you love will give you joy, and the thing that is best that you love will give you the most joy. That's The answer will be the same for everybody. There's no secret to it. There's no secret to it. You just do it. You just make sure you do the love, even when it's annoying, even when it's, you know, um, work to, that you have to put in. If you do it, you will get the joy. Uh, from Ali, after finishing a couple of your stories, I feel an emptiness that only comes after completing a truly amazing work of fiction. Uh, now that I've dis- rediscovered my love of reading, I want to keep going more than anything, but I'm not sure what to read from here. Many of the books that I've collected over the years are written from modern audiences, are twisted by loose morals and secular teachings. I'd appreciate any book or author recommendations that you can offer for me and others who enjoy gripping, faith-based, and morally correct works of fiction. I'm a huge fan of C.S. Lewis uh, and his writings. In case that helps you think of some similar stories, uh, God bless you and the entire Daily Wire crew. Well, thank you for that. Uh, you know, one thing you might really try, try it. This might not work, but... You know, before this time, when things did get ugly and did get um, dirty and so forth, um, there was great. There were great books written. I mean, have you read Oliver Twist? Have you read Dickens? I mean, Dickens is a wonderful, wonderful writer. Uh, I know their books are long. They're like 800-page book, books. But who's counting? You know, like you just read 25 pages a day, whatever you read a day, uh, you'll find them. Read Anna Karenina by Tolstoy. I mean, it's a wonderfully entertaining book. Uh, I I hesitate to recommend War and Peace because it's like 1,200 pages long and some of it is theory and the theory you can kind of skim through. But the story is great and it's filled with moral insight and Christian insight. But but try Anna Karenina. That's easier to read, and it's just incredibly entertaining. Uh, so why not go back to some of these classics that you may have missed? The language isn't that difficult uh, in, in Dickens. You know, um, David Copperfield is one of the best novels ever written. Bleak House. Bleak House is 800 pages. I'm an extremely slow reader. I read it in a weekend, a three-day, a rainy three-day weekend because it was so gripping. So why don't you try that? It might uh, really open your eyes. Uh, from Andrew, words are cheap. As the expression goes, but they're all I have, please know how very much I appreciate what you and the Daily Wire family do and the courage you demonstrate and the wisdom and knowledge you impart. Why do you make money off of YouTube rather than Rumble? They have the same goal of advancing a parallel economy, so what keeps you from migrating there, especially after what they've done to Matt and others at Daily Wire? Um, Similarly, most of the Daily Wire team like to declare that Trump can't win against Biden. I didn't say he can't win. I said he's the only person who could lose. Um, can't win against Biden unless year and winning is everything. You rightly note many of his foibles and errors in judgment, but when it comes to the 2020 election, you oversimplify it by declaring that it, he, he was the loser in that race. Why does no one at Daily Wire address the effect described at 2,000 Mules? That is not fair. I n- not only watched it, reviewed it, but I also had Dinesh on the show to talk about it, and I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, it seems that you can replace Trump's name with any viable Republican candidate, given 75 million votes, but still always lose because the media is corrupt and the system is rigable. Um I ask these questions with an open mind. All right, let me answer both those questions, even though I'm running out of time. Um, first of all, you know, I don't run this business. I'm talent. I come in and do what you see me do. That is what I do here. I don't make the decisions of where these things go, but those decisions are made because that's where the money is. The the problem with YouTube, their behavior is bad. I've said it on the show. They behave badly. They censor perfectly viable uh, opinions because they don't like them, not because they have information that shows that they're wrong. And that's just wrong. And I think Uh, Anyone as large as Google should be regulated as a utility and basically stopped from doing that. That's that's what should happen. Uh, But the company has to make money. We have employees. We have hundreds of employees. We have to pay those people. And so Jeremy and the rest of the team at the top are making those decisions as far as we can go. Jeremy is I've said this before when we were talking about uh, Crowder uh, you know Jeremy has done a lot of things to free us and one of the things that frees us is becoming as you guys becoming members that that helps us become free you know so like we we work on it we do we do work on it it is difficult to have to do these things but we work with what we've got and we didn't make the the field that we're playing and we're just playing in that field and doing the best we can. Uh, as for Donald Trump, I I watched 2,000 Mules and I had Dinesh on, and I questioned Dinesh I, because I have a lot of respect for Dinesh. Uh, I questioned him with great respect, and I questioned him quietly and carefully. And at the end of that interview, I felt all he could say to me is, well, we raised some questions. And I think that's right. He raised some questions, and they're worth looking into. But at no point was I convinced that the the election was stolen numerically, that it was rigged. I have said a million times it was rigged because they lie. It was rigged because they attacked him. It was rigged because they allow there to be uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots during his presidency, but during Biden's presidency, suddenly they stop. You know, all of these things are rigging the election. But if you despair, if you think we can't win the the country back, that's just an excuse for doing nothing. You must not take that attitude. You have no choice. Uh, Violence is not going to help. The only thing we can do is beat them at this game DeSantis did it in Florida. That's why they're going after him there. DeSantis did it in Florida. I think he can do it nationally, but we don't know. You know, he hasn't been tested on the national uh, scene. But I think that we have to just be smart and not emotional about it. Uh, It's it's tough. It's tough. I'm not saying it's not. All right. I got to stop there. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Claven at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. You will like it and we will like you for it. Really, we appreciate it. Members. Come over for member block.